This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Lee Brack, and today we're going to talk about some simple steps that you can do to unlock your financial well-being. We've actually never done a show about finances. And what I love about this particular author that you're about to meet is that she has a wonderfully lighthearted and yet spiritual approach that will help you tap into resources you never even knew you had when it comes to anyone who's looking for solutions on how to grow a bank account, manifest an entrepreneurial dream, and align you with a magical force you never thought you possessed. Let me tell you about our special guest today. Corinne Grillo is the author of this wonderful little book called Angel Wealth Magic. She's also the author of a book called The Angel Experiment. She is a Chicana and Puerto Rican mother, a licensed psychotherapist, a visionary leader, an inspirational speaker, and the proprietor of the Casa Condor Retreat Center in Mount Shasta, California. Corinne offers online trainings in authentic spiritual leadership, nature immersions, intuitive healing arts, and in-person trainings. She has dedicated her life to sharing the life-changing gifts she received while learning to work with the angels. Corinne Grillo, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Uh, thank you for having me, Judy. It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> what I have to share with her audience, before every show, we do a little breathing. And Corinne, I said, not only are you, you a psychotherapist and an author, but you're also a comedian because she was very funny. I said, if you're okay with it and it's comfortable to you to do a little breathing, we're going to breathe before the show. And Corinne said, <laughs> I don't believe in breathing. <laughs> I take offense. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was so fabulous. I have to congratulate you on your latest book, Corinne, Angel Wealth Magic. I love that it's so slim and sleek and packed with so much great information. It's not like overwhelming. Some of these books, you just think, oh my gosh, I need to have you know a month to sit down, but you can actually read it in a night. I will say off the top that to be open for this interview, and I'm saying this for listeners who may not be familiar with all of this stuff, that you have to get over the bias that some people may have towards the new age and maybe even some might say the woo-woo aspect when it comes to words such as divine intervention, angels, grimoires, which I found that fascinating to study what that was, spirits and the ancient art of magic. What do you say to people when they express their fear of the woo-woo nature of this material? Oh gosh, I mean, I validate them. Why a lot of people really heard a lot of kind of inaccuracies. I, I think this kind of work has gotten a lot of bad press over the last few thousand years. And so there's a lot of repair work that we should do. And I have a lot of compassion for that, of course, because a lot of us have been indoctrinated in the various philosophies that have in a way taken us away from our deeper nature, our true nature, and also the path that our ancestors walked many, many years, which was 
uh, living in a world that was alive, full of magic and full of spiritual allies to come and support us and help us thrive. So for me, I understand the skepticism or the judgment. I, I am one of those people. I was one of those people until hmm. I actually witnessed a miracle from the angels. And then I was like, oh, because I am a licensed psychotherapist. I'm a very grounded person. So yeah. Corinne, what was the miracle that you experienced from the angels that transformed you? Yeah, well, I, I'm not a religious person per se. And uh, I've always kind of been open-minded about spiritual things. I was going through a rough period of my life as in the first 30 something years of my life was rough. And a friend of mine bought me an angel reading. And at the end of that reading, the woman said the key words, talk to the angels as if they're real. They want to talk to you. They want you to know Mm -hmm. them. And I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. So I just started, hey, angels, show me you're real, you know? (laughs) And then I started seeing a lot of synchronicities, angel synchronicities. You know, I remember a laundry truck driving right by when I said, show me if you're real. Are you really real? And the angel truck drove by and it said, angels laundry service with giant wings wings on wow. it. Wow. Yeah. So oh I, my the, gosh. those is, synchronicities were happening those first couple of days of me playing with the angels and seeing if they're actually real. But it was really on day three. That's when the big miracle happened. And I couldn't, you know, because I'm again rational. So I'm going, well, maybe it's just a coincidence. But then the bird thing, th- there was no getting out of that one. So I was driving through the hood in Los Angeles, going to a client's house and a bird dropped from the sky, landed on the ground. And I was like, dang, angels. I mean, I was just praying, talking to you guys over the last couple of days. This is how you do, this is how you repay me with, you know, bird carcass. So I drive around the bird and I see the bird has a broken wing and it's trying to push itself up. And I, I felt like, oh God, I don't know what to do, but I'm talking to angels. So, hey, angels, help this bird take it out of its suffering, please. And so I drove around it, not thinking much. Uh, I felt huge compassion for the bird, but I wasn't going to get out in the middle of the area that I was in. And so as I drove around the bird, continued to pray for it. I looked in the rearview mirror, something told me to stop. I kept looking at in the rearview mirror and I saw from the body of that bird, a small bird. So the first bird was about pigeon size. Wow. The, a small bird jumped up from the body of that bird, flew away. Then a second and then a third, three birds jumped up from the body of that bird and flew away and there was nothing left on the ground. So I got out of the car to double check and the bird got, and I know what I saw, that bird had a broken wing. It bounced hard on the ground right in front of my car. And when I got out of the car and stood there where the event happened, I could feel incredible cascades of love. Like I got goosebumps up and down and it's like static in my hair. And it was really, you know, that was a miracle officially. It could have been a flashback, but I don't think it was. Uh, but it brought daylight in the hood. So I, I see this, but it was what happened inside of me. It was mm. in my heart, in my mind, that for me was the real miracle. It, and wow. it sustained itself. So that's how I know it was a miracle and not just a figment of my imagination because it was just the beginning of a long series of peculiar events. Wow. That's yes. So, I- I have to tell our listeners that behind Corinne is an angel, like a beautiful, I I guess it's a painting of an angel or a beautiful picture of an angel. And uh, I don't know, it just is so, it's so cool. And and you're not seeing that, of course, because we're on the radio, but it's really, really cool. (laughs) What is Angel Wealth Magic? And why did you write this book? What inspired you to do this? 
Okay. So Angel Wealth Magic, the title pretty much speaks for itself, but there's so many layers to it. So a lot of people wouldn't put angels and wealth in the same sentence, let alone on the same book title. But what I discovered after working with angels for so long is that those spiritual allies, whether you want to call them angels, it doesn't really matter. They've been around longer than religion. And Mm -hmm. Cultures all over the world acknowledge benevolent beings that are here to support humanity. So whatever, whatever you want to, it's a cross-cultural thing. And so Angel, okay, what was the question again? Just why you wrote it and why oh, that okay. title. And again, and I love that. And I, and I love that even you say in the book that you never thought if someone would have told you 20 years ago that you'd be doing this and putting those two words together, you would have laughed. Like you would have said, there's no way. Oh, it's yeah. So just how, how this all evolved and made you so compelled to share this with everyone. Yeah, total insanity. It really is. It's the miracles that happen. Mm-hmm. And so that first miracle eventually... It took me a few years to come out of the angel closet and the spiritual closet, but it's the miracles and the possibilities. And that's why I share what I share mm-hmm. against everything in me in the beginning. I did not want to be talking about this stuff. Like I, I went to school for licensure <laughs> and all the hell I went through just to get that happening. But yeah, this particular book. So my first book, The Angel Experiment, was really to just help people make an authentic connection. For me, it's not a belief system. It's more like a science in a practice, like try these things and then you tell me (laughs) if (laughs) angels are real, please, you got to try it. And so with this book is more designed towards financial prosperity. But with everything that I do, every program I do, every book that I write, it's about also helping people make powerful contact with their heart and also with the reality of our spirit team. Because to me, it's not woo-woo, it's practical. Mm -hmm. These are practical methods that humanity has had for thousands of years. It's just in the last 100 years, 150, we decided it was BS. So, But it's I, I discovered it's not. So this book was written because of incredible miracle, financial miracle. And I realized that I was not to keep the process to myself. They wanted me to share it with others. Did you manifest this miracle by connecting with the angels, this financial miracle, or do you think it was just yeah. invisible and not, not to be understood? I specifically, yeah. yeah, I specifically, because a lot of the processes that I write in this book are processes that I did in order to manifest a certain amount of money during lockdown. So I reduced my hours a little bit or somewhat, and I knew that I was going to have to do something to offset that. And so I told my husband, Hey, I'm going to not work. I'm not going to launch this program. I'm just going to do some, I'm going to ask the angels to do some magic instead. <laughs> and he's like, whatever. And then, yeah, the results spoke for itself. He was blown away. I was blown away. And And then when I was outside thanking spirit, thanking the angels for supporting us, for supporting my family and creating incredible magic and miracles, that's when they showed me that, yeah, we did that for you, but it wasn't for you. It's for everyone else. (laughs) So, and then I knew I was supposed to write a book and put the process in there. And share it and share this wealth and share share this knowledge. Share the yes. medicine. Share, Share the, the medicine. medicine. It's like That's a prescription. You, you're actually saying in the book that there's this prescription and there's all different kinds of angels that you can talk mm-hmm. to, write to. There's even retreat, like a, a seven step. I, I forget how many steps it is, but where you, that you can go on to create, to manifest this dream and this wish that you want. Yeah. We're going to get to that in a minute, but I want to ask you, you say in the book that working with angels can put us also in touch with our true soul's voice. Can you explain what that means and tell us more about that? 
Yes. So I know this from experience. And then also as I did research and I know that from, uh, what is it, Jewish traditions, Kabbalah, that people work with angels to guide them into their more Christ consciousness, I guess, or their mission, why they came into these bodies. So a lot of people just think of angels as like, oh, fluffy, woo woo, oh, you know, sweet. <laughs> and and really they're here to activate us if we know how to work with them and we continue to work with them. They can activate us and essentially tap us into the pulse of our own heart, which is essentially like our heart's desire, all those good things that we came here for, whether it's the lessons or really it's also the pursuit of happiness for resilience. And to essentially help us restore our hearts that have been so traumatized through life's trials and journey. So angels help restore our hearts. And by us listening to that deeper voice, not the tyrannical one that I was so good at listening to for the first portion Mm -hmm. of my life, but the other voice, the one that has more hope, inspiration, and has very peculiar solutions to some of our issues, but also inspired ideas to help us fulfill our most joyful life. Well, Corinne, do you think that some of these angels are people that loved us and that are watching over us? Because often we'll say when somebody passes that we love very much that they're an angel watching over us. Do you believe some of these angels are those loved ones continuing their life's work? Absolutely, because the word angel means messenger. (laughs) And messengers come in a lot of forms. So some people identify these messengers as ancestors. Um, You know, we've all heard of ancestors. A lot of us have been cut off from this awareness about ancestors because of the different, you know, colonization kind of cut us off from some of that. But no matter where we were in the world, at some point, our ancestors, whether you're in Europe, at some point, our ancestors knew that the previous ancestors were there to support and help. So a lot of times I find the ancestors come in, you know, with birds, animals. So all, yes. a lot of nature-based signs I feel are in conjunction, you know, angels, ancestors. We have a, I feel like we have a, a huge team, especially the more that we say hello and ask for support and give them love and honor and respect and all that stuff. That's so cool. So angel wealth magic, again, it's so interesting to put these two words together because you think of angels as ethereal and as gossamer wings and as, you know, elevated light. And then you think wealth, that's like money. Like there's just two such diametrically opposed forces, right? But how can angel wealth magic, your book, help someone just basically in their business or career? You're doing beautiful work, let's say in the world, but you're not making any money. Yeah. So for me, angels have always helped us with wealth, have always helped humanity learn to thrive. Mm -hmm. There's even cave paintings of non-earthly beings helping people learn how to farm, right? So it's food, sustenance, it's always gone together. So it's just our Western mind has been disconnected and we created at some point a false paradox between these things. Mm -hmm. But they are, spirit is here to help us, period. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what we need help with. It helps us with our physical health, our emotional health. And I have definitely found they help us with our financial health, especially With this book, I kind of wrote it to help people align to their heart and to attract wealth that supports love, spaciousness, but also helps to support others, like Mm mission-oriented stuff. Yeah, That's amazing. I mean, one of the things you even discuss is why would angels help us with making money? Isn't it a shallow thing to ask for good health, ask for for love, ask to fall in love or to stay in love or all of those things, but isn't it a little bit superficial? 
And you would say what to that? Well, that's definitely a way to look at it. However, we live in a capitalistic society, which is not our fault. It is a system that it was created. And if we're not surviving well, and it's stressing us out, spirit wants to help us feel safe, secure. And that's what I've found. They help us hack the system, whatever system we find ourselves in. So no, it's not shallow. It's not shallow. We literally need money to survive. Now, if we have enough money, is it shallow to ask for more? Well, it might depend on more about who you are versus the money itself. So if one of your goals is to make an impact in your family, to be able to provide more, or what I found, if you're looking for wealth, well, like, you know, more advanced levels of wealth, economic power is so important for heart-centered people. I find at this time on the planet, I also feel like this is why the angels wanted me to uh, write this at this time, to help heart-centered people believe and think differently about wealth because economic power can also support spiritual power. And so it gives us the finances and the resources to support those causes that we love. So there are still children who can't afford food on the planet. How can we support these causes if we don't have economic power. Mm-hmm. I love the idea about using this book also to give back and to to make this money to find these funds to be able to help people and make the world a better place. Like that's lovely as well. But it's all good. It's all fascinating. What are the four magical basics that are required for angel wealth magic to work? There's four basics we talk about in the book. Hmm. Well, let's see here. I, you know, the ones I like to stress are keeping an open mind, you know, keeping an open mind about what's possible for you in particular, keeping an open mind about who you are, because a lot of us have this fixed sense about who we are and what we're capable of. And I'm just going to, you know, full disclosure, we don't know. We don't know. There's so much more to us. I am still discovering new things about myself now still. So staying in query and curious about the world and how it might be different than what you thought it was in a beautiful way. And also I want to say commitment, committing. So committing to, if you want to attract wealth, committing to the process that I lay out in the book is good because often it's a reflection of how you do life. So if you say you're going to start something, you get this inspired idea, I'm going to go do it. And then you just kind of fall off the deep end. You flit away. A lot of us have those projects that never happen because we flaked on ourselves. So commitment, curiosity, open-mindedness at the very least. Yes. So I love that section of the book where you talk about self-sabotaging and, and how to calm down the saboteur, but what are some wealth blockers and how do they stand in our way? There's a lot of wealth blockers. I talk a lot about that in the book because what was important to me in the book was not just here's a ritual to attract wealth, but also if you are struggling for cash, maybe it's time to investigate why and looking at belief systems. So I said, I do a lot of work in the beginning of the book to help people identify and target certain problem areas, whether it's beliefs or feelings about money. And so wealth blockers are often unconscious beliefs that we hold about money that we've inherited from our ancestors, perhaps, or from our culture, or we just believe about ourselves because we are inhabit a certain body, certain culture. You know, women feel a certain way about what's possible for them versus a man. 
right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so we have to deconstruct some of these assumptions we've made about ourselves and our lives based on who we're surrounded by and and all of those things. So wealth blockers, it's, it's a deep subject, but I do spend a lot of time in there you know, kind of dancing around the maypole a little bit about, well, have you thought about this? And how do you, you know, and also giving solutions on how to shift the energy around those things as well. So cool. You talk about a wealth altar and how you use it. What is a wealth altar? So if someone is specifically doing a ritual to bring in more wealth, it's, you know, you you can set up a place in your house where you can put some sacred objects, or I like to see it as a portal or an anchor point for the work that you're doing and that you've created. So a lot of people find incredible beauty out of having it, especially people who've never done it before, but it's like a portal to the divine. Yeah. So it's almost like in a yoga studio, you would see this little sort of altar with, you know, maybe incense and a candle and that you're creating it for for, for this. And doing it from the heart, not because there's a rule about how you set it up, but like, hmm, what what do I want to create today? What's beautiful? What's going to inspire me, help remind me about this magical operation I'm doing right now? So cool. Your book introduces numerous angels. There's all these different names and I, I definitely can't repeat them off. Me off neither. The cuff, but uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're in another language. I'm not sure you can tell me, tell me about that. But it introduces numerous angels and allies that support the creation of wealth. Can you tell us about a few of your favorites? You mentioned many of them. And you need them all for different reasons. But who are some of your favorites? Yeah, well, I mean, we have angels in the ritual. I set it up in stages because there's different reasons why people don't attract wealth. Some of it is confidence or maybe they feel shame and guilt. So I give angels to help release you from feeling ashamed about claiming more cash during your healing sessions or whatever. But I think one of the angels that I really love that people do not associate with wealth, but they do help significantly with what we need inside in order to make sustainable wealth happen, which is optimism. And so Archangel Jophiel, she's often considered the angel of beauty, But for this particular work, she helps elevate our level of optimism because in talking to a lot of very successful millionaires, billionaires even, one thing that they often have, and these are self-made heart-centered entrepreneurs. So one of the things that they have in common is an optimistic attitude. Wow. And so some of us are not so dialed in. So I give strategies and actually angels and practices to do to help you kind of rewire that uh, that brain a little bit. So what are the, you call them wealth demons and how they show up in our lives? Those self-saboteurs that say, no, you don't deserve it or money is, you shouldn't want money or all that stuff. How do you describe them? Yes. So the wealth demons, how I talk about them in this book, and it's after doing years of working with people, helping them next level their life, interviewing folks, coaching them through their spiritual business. You know, people are so concerned about like demons, demons, you know, out in the world, you know, don't do this because you're going to attract demons. Well, the thing is, is that the biggest demons that block us from our own success happen on the inside. We're going to find out how to remove those demons that block us from our own success when we come back from this short commercial break. Back in a moment. 
Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Hi, everyone. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740. And so one of the things we were just talking about before the break, Corinne, are these demons that block us from our own success. And most of these gremlins happen inside of us. Can you say more about these demons that get in the way of our career, our life, and our potential financial success? So the first inner demon that I named a lot of people have is the imposter demon is one. So a lot of people prevent themselves from actually getting the career and getting the level of success that they want because they don't feel like they're good enough for it. They're not worthy. So if you've heard of the imposter syndrome, a lot of people, even if they're highly skilled, they feel like, Hmm. well, I haven't done enough to you know, hosted as an expert on this television show or as, you know, so they, they kind of stop them before it even starts. Those are just little, little gatekeeper demons inside that stop us from really experiencing more beauty, essentially experiencing more of the resources we have inside and let them come out. Shame is another one. The shame beast is just the, the mega of all that stops us from really showing up, wanting to be more visible or asking. Yes. So how do we dispel those demons? How do we turn off that inner critic of those demons, tame that gremlin, if you will? Yeah. Well, you know, I talk a lot about different things you can do in the book, but really the first step is becoming aware that they exist because a lot of people assume that's just how I feel. It's just how I feel about it. Or they think it's true that they aren't expert enough. So they keep on getting more and more certifications in this and don't realize they're already ready. It's just their doubt that keeps them in the game of. So just becoming aware and challenging these things like, oh, am I really shy or am I just too embarrassed to put myself out there? Is it shyness or is it shame? Wow. I love that. You really emphasize doing this thing called channel writing. How can that help connect us to the angels? Yeah. Channel writing is a really great introductory method of opening up to your own intuitive voice, which is one of the big keys in working with your spirit team. Because our culture did not really, I guess, stress the importance of intuition as we were growing up, a lot of us lost contact. So channel writing is a great and simple method to opening up that direct contact with spirit, with source, with your own soul, really. And so it's just sitting down doing a little ritual to call in a specific aspect, whether it's your own soul, you want to call in creator, or you want to talk to some angels about what's up with my wealth. I'd give a whole encyclopedia of different kinds of angels you could talk to, the different names. So you could call them in and ask, and then you just start writing 
in the beginning stream of consciousness, whatever comes to you, and eventually it kind of changes and you start getting some other information. The trick with all intuitive work is learning how to trust that what you're saying is true. And there's only one way to find out, and that's by after you channeled, right, you follow the instruction that you wrote down and you actually do it wow. and then you test it out. Wow, that's really cool. And I think little miracles start to come out on the page, right, as you're doing this, Yeah, if you're doing it right. And that's that's yeah. the really cool part yeah, of the what's work. Really, what's really mind-blowing is having a journal that you've done all this writing in and then looking but three years ago and then you go, oh, whoa, okay, that's so accurate. I didn't know. That builds confidence too. So keeping a channeling journal over time and looking back is mind-blowing. So you call this a grimoire, G-R-I-M-O-I-R-E. What is a grimoire? Oh, yeah. It's just like, a, I just wanted to put more magical words in here. In my, la- in my last book, I called it a journal. But since, <laughs> since I used uh, magic in the title, I get to say grimoire. And so grimoires are just, you know, traditionally magicians or magical folk have kept a book where they record all the things that they're doing, whether they're doing a quote unquote spell or maybe a a symbol or design came to mind when they're meditating and they feel like it's got some potency or is gifted to them by spirit. Uh, You you know, it's just a place where you document all of your magical works, your intentions. And uh, I like to put in all the cool synchronicities that happen in a day because we can easily forget the magic and the miracles that happen day to day. So it's great to have a place to put that and come back to it and and utilize it, utilize it to do what you're trying to achieve. You have an 11 day wealth ritual that is included in the book. What is it? And can you tell us briefly about it? People actually have to read Angel Wealth Magic to really understand this, but if you will. So so yeah, the, the ritual at the end, the first phase of the book is kind of almost opening up the can of worms, helping us explore this topic, massage this topic. How do you really feel about wealth? Well, why do you want wealth? Do you even know why? Um, and so it's taking us and priming us for also the 11 day ritual. And so the 11 day ritual is an 11 day invocation of different angels that are designed to help open your heart, to also help you open up some inspiration get you anchored into your heart more, into your mission. And also some of the angels are just literally there to help you attract big cash money as well. But uh, some of the angels help with success, with fame, with celebrity. And those are things that you think, I don't want to be a celebrity. But the reason why Spirit had me put that day in there is what they told me is everybody wants to be celebrated by the people in their lives, by their loved ones, by their children, by their friends, by their colleagues. So you can think of it that way in the beginning. I love that. I love that. I really love that section where you talk about how people self-sabotage and you suggest that readers answer the following questions in their grimoires, their journals. And some of the questions that you suggest people ask are, in what ways do I sabotage myself from having more in life? How have I sabotaged myself in the past from being wealthier? How am I sabotaging myself right now from being wealthier? And what thoughts do I consistently think that may be blocking me for more wealth and success. Can you tell us more? Because I think this was one of the most brilliant things in your book is as a life coach, which is what I do is this is what we all do. We self-sabotage. So how does looking at this from this lens help us stop doing that? Yeah, again, I think half the battle is becoming aware of the habitual pattern and the why sometimes behind it. 
Sometimes there's mm-hmm. a compelling reason to sabotage ourselves, but we will mm-hmm. never know that if we don't look at it head on. A lot of people want to shame and abuse ourselves because we do these behaviors, but we all kind of have some something going on. But looking at this stuff is the key. Looking into our shadow is the key. Becoming aware of the self-sabotage demon. If it's alive for you, mm. you know who it is. So what are you going to do about it? What are you you want to run and, and punch yourself in the head about it? Or you want to take some action and shift the energy around it? What's one change that people listening right now to Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio can make in order to become more wealthy? One of the best things you can do right now, today in this moment, is to claim I am wealthy. I choose to be wealthy. I am wealthy. And everybody is wealthy right now. So opening up to the fact that you already have an extraordinary amount of gifts and have been gifted and then keeping that in your practice every day. I am wealthy. And then really contemplating how wealthy you actually are helps open up the stream. So it's almost like an affirmation as well. And I know you talk a lot about meditation in the book. So is even meditating on wealth helpful? Like I am wealthy is the affirmation. Meditating on that in your meditation practice, does that work? Yes, it does. It does. And I also want to say, yeah, like having an open-eyed meditation also for this one is helpful because you can look around and look at all the expressions of wealth in your life, whether it's, wow, I'm still alive (laughs) and I get to see and experience this breath, even though I don't believe in breath, but you know, some people people might, some people might believe in it. But having gratitude, you know, it opens up the circuitry for you to, sometimes if we go, hey, I'm just going to meditate over here, we don't bring it into our life. So the thing about wealth is your life is the expression of it, but can you see it yet? Because if you can see it already, then you can see it when it really starts multiplying. I love when you talked at the beginning about how you had love emanating throughout you, like just you felt this overflowing, overwhelming feeling of love. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, that's, that's wealth. That's wealth. (laughs) That's wealth. That's real wealth. And that's the good stuff. That's the spring that we all have inside of us that I, that was, you know, I learned about it that day, but that is the place for us to really create from in our lives. And it is, to me, it is like a sweet nectar that we all can tap into like a tree can tap into it and it's beyond human. Maybe it's a hundred percent human, you know, but it's big, it's beautiful and it's for all of us. And I'm always so grateful to have encountered that. And especially because I'm not a religious person. So it's like, well, if it's for me, then it's for all of us for sure. (laughs) It makes you very emotional to talk about this, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, I mean, you know, tenderizes your heart and, uh, Mm -hmm. It's I'm just compared to the heart I used to have, it's it's like night and day. <laughs> What's the biggest day. takeaway you want people to glean from your beautiful book, Angel Wealth Magic? I want them to know that they're not alone and that they've never been alone and that they never really have to feel that level of loneliness again. If you open your heart to the real love, like the authentic love, not the book love that we read about, but like just opening up to real spiritual love. It's who we are. We were designed for this and invite, you don't even have to call it angels. 
but invite something awesome in <laughs> for support. <laughs> what is bliss for Corinne Grillo? Uh, I think bliss is, gosh, enjoying the ride of life, no matter how the ride turns, learning to, if it's not going your way, instead of freaking out fully, somehow converting that energy into exhilaration, which is one of the gifts that Spirit has helped me with along the way. Instead of staying down too low, it's getting the resilience to, hey, this is an interesting part of the ride. Let's let's do this. All right. I'm up for it. Let's go, angels. So wow. yeah, bliss is wow. uh, bliss is the whole thing. Yeah. That's lovely. What is the best way for people to contact you on social media and to get a copy of your beautiful book, Angel Wealth? I just want to show it to the people who are going to see this video portion. Angel Wealth Magic. It's for those who are only hearing about this on the radio. It's a beautiful yellow, happy, optimistic cover. Where can people get the book and how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, com. That's my website, C-O-R-I-N-G-R-I-L-L-O.com. And I am on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and I just opened up a little TikTok. So get over there. <laughs> I need more people over there because I want to do some fun, fun stuff over there. It's so fun over there. That's great. Um, yeah. So the book you can find Barnes and Noble, even up in Canada, there's local stores that are carrying it. Amazon, my website. Yeah, you can find it. Awesome. That's so wonderful. I want to thank you so much, Corinne. It's not what I thought. It's so interesting. You always have to stay open because I'm more of a believer now. And I think when I first heard about this, I may not have been. So oh, I, that's because wow. it's, it's very beautiful stuff and it's very heart centered. So it's all good and it's, it's wonderful. And I, I encourage people to get this book. It's very fascinating stuff. Wow. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Corinne. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We're going to go on a short commercial break more with Finding Your Bliss when we come back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Hi, everyone. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're now joined by the very talented singer, great singer around town in Toronto, Mark Wexler. Mark has had the fortune of singing professionally on stage since he was 11 years old. He did it with wedding bands and in numerous talent events and competitions. And since those early days, he's had the privilege of performing with his band, The Garden, for many charitable initiatives. And along with his bandmates and his other bandmates, 
in Porch Jam. It's sort of a famous thing in Toronto. Mark hopes to continue that tradition through musical performance. With Porch Jam, Mark recently had the honor of performing at the historic Elma Combo in downtown Toronto. And I think one of the people on that lineup was one of the guests on our show, Nicolina Boatso. And I want to ask him about that too. During the day, Mark keeps himself busy building and renovating custom homes for clients in the Toronto area. And Mark and his family live in Toronto. And when he's not on site or working with clients designing their dream homes, and they are very dreamy, Mark can be found coaching his son's hockey and football teams or on stage in a play or singing with his band. And as he says, he's grateful to his wife and kids for their patience and understanding while he sings and plays in his band at night. He also thanks his wonderful friends for their continued support and encouragement. Mark Wexler, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. So great to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure for me to be on, and uh, this is exciting. Thank you. So great. I've always been blown away, Mark, by your voice. You really have that thing called the voice. And whether you're performing with your band at Drums and Flats or anywhere in town at the Elma Combo, as you did recently, or you're on stage killing it, belting out a tune. And I'm just wondering, have you been doing this your whole life? And when did you first realize that you had a killer voice and that you were really born to perform? Well, thanks for asking. Uh, you know, what's funny is I started at a very young age. I mean, my, my parents would say that uh, I came out of the womb singing. At home, uh, my parents would listen to a lot of Elvis Presley and Tom Jones and so on. And so I think I was uh, interested in music right from the get-go. I'd sing a lot at home. And then as it turned out, at the age of probably about 10 years old, I started to start singing for friends of the family and uh, on the street corner. And I had the privilege of being at a wedding. And in those days, there were wedding bands. It wasn't so much a DJ. And I, uh, I asked the wedding band if I can come up and sing a song. And they said, sure. So I got <laughs> up and I, uh, I sang Hound Dog and uh, Blue Suede Shoes. And then they asked me to sing two more. And then they hired me to start singing at, uh, you know, weddings and bar mitzvahs and things like that. Wow. And of that nature. <laughs> and then I traveled around and sang with a few other wedding bands at the time. And I did that from the age of 10 to 20. At the same time, I was interested in talent events. And this is before American Idol or Canadian Idol. And so I got that opportunity and uh, did a few jingles as well, commercial jingles. Wow. And and that's sort of where, where it went. Now, at the same time, I have to add that when I was in grade five, I put together a band <laughs> with other uh, classmates, and we played a few carnivals and so on. And we were very limited to what we could play, but that was the start, and I got the bug. I needed to be on a stage from that point forward. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> what do you love about performing? Like, I'm just picturing you now on stage. First of all, the audience immediately feels comfortable when they hear that first bar coming out of you because it's always so flawless. Like your voice is really spectacular. Thank you. But when you're standing there, whether it's in a charity show or with your band or in any performing situation, what do you love about performing? Well, I have to say in general and everything I do, even uh, my day job, I love people. I do. I, I really love to engage with people in some way or another. And uh, it allows me to do that on stage to see their faces, to see their enjoyment. I, I mean, I think everybody loves music, regardless of the style or, or genre of music. And uh, I really get joy out of watching people enjoying what they're seeing. 
it's fulfilling. It's, uh, you know, I used to say that I felt like I was a wasted talent because I sang all the time, but, you know, I didn't make a, I didn't reach the loftiest goals of goals. And I've had people say, you know what? You are so lucky to have this opportunity to be entertaining other people. And still doing it at this age. So, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm, I'm, I feel privileged. Yeah. Was there a moment for you, Mark, that stands out as a singer that was a bit of an epiphany for you, like a trip, just a trip where you were like standing on stage and, oh my God, pinch me. This is so fabulous. I can't believe that I'm doing this. It was at age 11. <laughs> really? <laughs> I what have happened? to say. Yeah. Well, uh, there and, and uh, people were shooting. I was an 11 year old, you know, child and I was doing uh, Elvis impersonations and people were blown away. They'd never seen a, a you know, 11 year old kid get on a stage with a wedding band who's never sung with a band, you know, timing and understanding the nuances of, in, you know, with the instrumentation and so on. So I, that was it. That was, that was really the epiphany. And I, and I never stopped. I then found every opportunity, whether it was a charitable show or talent show, or any any opportunity to sing. To this day, I mean, I'm 55, and I'm in two bands, and I'm performing every weekend, and, and any opportunity, I love it that much. That's so great. A lot of people may not realize this, but I actually got the honor of getting to perform with Mark Wexler in Hairspray. He did a duet together. He saved it. That's all I'm going to say with riffs and the whole nine yards. And I have to tell you, that was a bit of bliss for me to perform with you. Do you remember that show and singing that song? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I do remember it. And uh, don't kid yourself. You were great. (laughs) We had so much fun. We had a great time. Yeah. What's so fascinating to me is that you really could be doing this full time professionally. Like I, I see that. And yet you have another day job, which is building dream houses for people by day and then singing by night. Can you tell us a little more about your day job? Yeah. So uh, I'm a home builder, contractor, renovator in the city of Toronto and um, took that from my father. Actually, my father was uh, was a home builder uh, here in Toronto. And, um, you know, he taught me how to figure out what coffees everybody drank. And that's how I... Uh, <laughs> That's how I got started, right at the bottom. And uh, from that point on, I just learned a little bit about every trade. And, and I love what I do. Again, it's engaging with people. And, you know, it's it's a tough industry. You're dealing with, you know, couples that don't always see the, the project the same. And uh, so there's a, there's a lot of diplomacy and, and bliss. There's a lot of calmness and, and so on. So uh, I love what I do. Again, it's dealing with people, talking to people, engaging with people. So... Do you ever have to be a marriage therapist in those tense moments where someone is seeing A and someone's seeing B and you've got to find the answer because you've got to build it? In my everyday, I actually feel that that's a reality show waiting to happen. You know, uh, a, thera- a therapist, a contractor together, you know, working with couples. To be quite frank, I mean, I think that would benefit most people in their, in their home building experience for sure. That's a good idea. I think I might have a show for you. You do it and then you sing on it. There we go. That could be be a very cool thing. Whoever's listening, this could actually be a great show. You do so many different shows for charities. And I said this earlier, but it's so true. The minute people hear the name Mark Wexler is part of the show, the show is immediately elevated. Can you tell us about some charitable events and or plays that you have coming up? Yeah, so I'm in a local theater group for charity called Unsung Heroes. This is going to be the 10th production, and this one will actually be the last production. And it's to raise awareness and charity uh, dollars for uh, for Baycrest, uh, for Alzheimer's, and for mental health as well. And it's a uh, it's a review of many songs from many different Broadway shows. 
lots of fun. I had the privilege uh, for the ninth year of getting dressed up and uh, playing the part of Kinky Boots from the Broadway production of Kinky Boots. <laughs> so I had to dress up and drag, which was a whole lot of fun. And, you know, just uh, as I said, I love to sing in, in any environment. And this gives me an opportunity to sing on stage in costume and, you know, act it out. It was a whole lot of fun. So I'm not going to make you guys wait any longer. Here is a fabulous cover of Mark singing American Woman. Mark, can you set this up for us? What do you love about this song? I mean, I think I love the raw energy of anything 60s, 70s, you know, classic rock. Burton Cummings, one of the best voices around from that era. Canadian fellow. And um, just a great all-around singer with great range. And uh, I'd like to choose songs and musicians that have some great range, whether it be Freddie Mercury or Paul McCartney or Burton Cummings and so on. Awesome. Well, I can't get over your voice in this song. So without further ado, let's all have a listen to Mark Wetzler singing American Woman.
Oh my God, Mark, you are so amazing. <laughs> Your voice is so Thank phenomenal. You. That was spectacular. Wow. That is going to be so on the much. radio. I'm so happy that that is going to be you on the radio singing that. That's awesome. That's At the end of every interview, I typically ask our guests what bliss is for them. So of course, I want to ask you, what is bliss for Mark Wexler? Oh, God, I would say calmness, calm. Uh, I think we live in a crazy world and, you know, just peacefulness, calm. That's what's blissful to me. Music helps me do that. It takes me to another level. And uh, I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to think about my work day. I don't have to think about anything political happening in the world. It just allows me to think about the joy of music and what it does for me. I have the privilege of singing in Porch Jam, which is a fantastic band that started right on a porch during COVID for, uh, for people on the street and, you know, distanced people. And the garden, which I've been in for, this is my 20th year in the garden. Wow. And uh, it's a long time to be with one band. And, and we've had the privilege of playing so many charitable events and, and for so many people. So to me, that's, that's blissfulness to me. That's awesome. Do you have any gigs coming up that you want to share with us? Where can people see you next? Yeah, so uh, The Garden is playing April 15th at um, Drums and Flats. And then we're doing the Bike for Brain Health for Baycrest. And we're doing uh, the Pro-Am for Baycrest Alzheimer's as well. Wow. And, uh, and we're doing the Juvenile Diabetes gig coming up April 29th. Wow. So well. you are really busy. Like this is really, this isn't like a once a year gig. This is like a regular, you're just gigging all the time. That's so phenomenal. All the time. Wow. Yeah, probably three shows a week, a month, sorry. Wow. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited. Everyone go out and see Mark Wexler in Porch Jam, the gardens, all these different gigs. We'll tell you more at the end of the show. It's really fabulous. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It's really been awesome to have you here. And I've wanted to do this for a long time. So glad we finally got to do it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that you asked. And, and it's, it's a pleasure for me to be here. I've been thinking about it for a long time, but I was afraid to ask. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we connected and made it yeah, happen. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. To reach Mark Wexler on social media, all you have to do is go to wexler.mark on Instagram or wexmark on Instagram, or you can also find him at Mark Wexler on Facebook. Each week, we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or a musician, somebody who's super talented like Mark Wexler on the show. So if you're a singer, please reach out to us. And if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anybody who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. Also, what did you love about today's show? Are there any guests or topics you would love us to feature on Finding Your Bliss? Just write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, let me know. You can reach out and contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. And I'm also on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. All you have to do is search up Judy Liebrach. And of course, you can always follow us at the Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. In Bliss News, we are so excited to announce that I will be appearing on Zoomer Media's current affairs TV show, The Zoomer TV, next week for an episode all about happiness. You can get free tickets to see the live taping of this national television show hosted by Libby Snymer next week on Thursday, April the 13th. The theme is happiness. Are you happy? Do you need to boost your bliss? Turns out Canada was just ranked 13th in the World Happiness Report. So join Libby's Nimer, yours truly, and the Zoomer panel for all the information you need to build, 
grow and maintain more happiness in your life. The studio doors open at 2.30 p.m. and the show starts at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To reserve your spot, please go to universe.com, check out their trending events and click on the Zoomer addictions and happiness episode. Please leave your phone number so the audience team can call you the day before with all the details. In other exciting news, our upcoming guest Genevieve Marantet, also known as Gigi, will be performing at the Unison Caravan of Music on April the 12th at the Old Mill Toronto for Canada's music charity, the Unison Fund. To get your tickets, all you have to do is go to unisonfund.ca forward slash events forward slash. I would like to thank all of our wonderful guests for being on the show today. Corinne Grillo and singer Mark Wexler. Also, thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kylie, producer Nayira Amani, associate producer Olivia Weatherall, audio engineer Juliana Yanuziello, senior editor Lauren Kaminsky, video editor Sierra Brown-Rodriguez, audio producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.